They are the last guardians of the Forgotten TV series, hosts of another podcast. Faced with pop culture and chaos, Ryan Mazzocco and Ethan Maestri form an unlikely duo and set out to reunite the sci-fi fans on Drive Back the Night, Andromeda Lives Again. Whoa, 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 whoa. What is that? Oh, that's our new theme music and our new intro. No, it's not. Yeah, yeah, it's for season two. What are it's you... Th- what is that? It's, it's, I, I just made it. It's for our, our season two, you know, Andromeda changed up there. It's for season two. We're gonna... That's just, you know. No, no, this isn't happening. You don't like that? I don't like that. What... Uh, I, yeah, granted, they changed it for season two. That doesn't mean we have to. Oh, man, that's disappointing, because I worked pretty hard on this. Ugh, Ryan, you don't, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, man. So you you like the old the stuff? The old stuff. The, what we were doing. Yeah, let's do the old title. All right, well, I still got it here. Let me cue it up. All right, see if this makes you happy. If we do not live another day, say this over our pyre. They died like Highguard Lancers with their faces to the fire. Welcome to Drive Back the Night, an Andromeda series podcast. I'm Ethan Maestri. And I'm Ryan Mazzocco. Each week, Ryan and I take a look at an episode of Gene Roddenberry's Andromeda, and we discuss the things that we like, or perhaps dislike. Ryan, I gotta say, I like the old intro. Yeah, well, I do too. So let's keep it that way. Alright, alright, that's fine. Okay. So yeah, we're getting into Season 2 now of Andromeda. This week, we're taking a look at the first episode of Season 2. Ryan, which one is that? It's the Widening Geyer. What? Uh, Geyer, Giro, Hero, no, no, Geyer, no, Giro, Gyre, Gyre, Gyre. I knew that. It's like a, it's like a J. Oh, okay. Yeah, I looked it up. Like a tire with a J. Yeah, there you go. All right, widening gyre. Okay. Yeah, that's how you pronounce it. So, uh, yeah, the widening gyre. Then, Mm -hmm. now that we've set everyone straight on how to pronounce it, Mm -hmm. let me just go on into some fun facts about this. Yeah, go for it. Which, really, I only got a couple of things for us to go over. Uh, We had a couple of actors that I wanted to make mention of. The first is Rick Cavillo. And now, this is his third appearance on Andromeda. Uh, His first, or not his first, I'm sorry, uh, his second appearance, actually, was on uh, It's Our Come Round at Last. The, the last episode that we reviewed, because he was Captain Param in that episode, although he went uncredited for that for the last episode that we just watched. The Perseid Captain. Yeah, the Perseid okay. Captain on Andromeda, exactly. He was also Rakib in The Banks of the Lethe, which I believe he was, uh, he, he played a Perseid also there on the bridge of the science ship that uh, Sarah mm. was on. Okay. Okay. So he, he, he appeared in that episode. He also appeared uncredited in the last episode, mm-hmm. It's Hour Come Around at Last, and then now we're seeing him with the credit for The Widening Gyre. Okay. And again, as the Perseid Captain? Again, yes. Okay. As the Perseid Captain. Uh, captain Param. And uh, we're going to see him again uh, reprising this role of Captain Param when we get to the episode, uh, I'm sorry, not of Captain Param, but of Rakib, 
uh, in Ouroboros. Hmm. So he'll be playing two Perseids on the same show. So we'll see him again as, as, as the other Perseid that he plays. As long as he doesn't get typecast. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Sylvain Cameron uh, is another actor that I wanted to make mention of. He has a single acting credit on IMDb, and this is the episode huh. <laughs> where he has a single acting acting credit. He was one of the Magog warriors. Uh, actually, one the Magog warrior that Rev Bim is talking to in the cavern. And... Uh, Mainly what he did in in television and in movies was... was You're not stunts. talking about Blood Mist, are you? No, 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 no. Okay. Not Blood Mist. That was still the other actor that I mentioned in the the last episode that we reviewed. Right. And I didn't write his name down. Oh, okay. I wasn't going to mention him again since we talked about him in episode 22 mm-hmm. uh, as Blood Mist. No, this was uh, Silver and Cameron playing a Magog warrior, unnamed, in, in, the, uh, in the list. Mainly he does stunts. He, he did the X-Men movies... Uh, he did iRobot with Will Smith, uh, among many others. Uh, and we're going to actually see him again in this role as the Magog Warrior uh, in archive footage in a future episode that we'll see later on. And so that's really all I got, Ryan, for uh, fun facts for this week. Okay. Let's just get right on into this episode. Uh, Ryan, can you give us the rundown of the widening gyre? I sure can. Uh, you know, Ethan, would you mind helping us out? Since this is really a conclusion, would you remind... Uh, ourselves and our audience, just where we left off. Last time on Andromeda. You stole that from Lost. <laughs> uh, the crew's dead, appears to be dead. The bridge is shattered. Andromeda has been holed, and the world ship is going to destroy the galaxy. Mm-hmm. That's where we left off. Really doesn't seem to be any way out. It doesn't appear to be. That's going to make this summary very short. How did we get four more seasons? I don't know. I don't know. Well, <laughs> get, let's get on it. All right, let's find out what happens. Becca awakens and saves Dylan, though he's still unconscious. And after reviving Trance with a tug of the tail, they take Dylan to medical. On the world ship, Rev Bim has gone to look for Tyr and Harper. He fights an armor-wearing Magog, identifies himself as Red Plague, then kills the Magog and steals his armor. In medical, Trance revives Dylan. They have bought themselves a little time by using warbots to destroy the Magog ships attached to the hull. Rami has also removed the pole from her torso and is on the mend, killing Magog in no time. On the world ship, Harper and Tyr have been secured to a wall while unconscious. When Harper wakes up, he realizes that he's been infested with Magog eggs. Revbim, evidently now in the Great One's armor, happens upon a group of Magog eating another Magog. They offer him a handful of flesh, but he refuses. This doesn't set well with the other Magog, as they exclaim, Great one, not smell right. They get in a fight, but Rev kills them all. As he begins to mantra, he can hear Blood Mist calling to him, saying that even this, by killing the weak, he serves the Abyss. Rev refutes and says he will never serve the Abyss. On Andromeda, Dylan hatches a plan. He and Rami will go down to the world ship to retrieve Rev, Harper, and Tyr. And if he's not back in three hours, Becca is to launch a Nova Bomb. Yeah, he still has one of those. Good news on the world ship. Tyr is still alive, too. He's only pretending to be unconscious, but breaks character long enough to give Harper a pep talk and ultimately tell him to shut up. Dylan and Rami arrive on the world ship and start looking for Harper and Tyr. The world ship fires point singularity projectors at the Andromeda, but Becca evades successfully. Becca then demands that Andromeda show her what happened the first time she encountered the world ship. Through virtual reality, she reveals that, following intel, they were locating the source of the Magog invasion in M86 of the Virgo Galactic Cluster, over 66 million light-years away. 
When they got there, all that was left were black holes and dust in the Magog world ship, which attacked and overtook the Andromeda. She was boarded while trying to get to Slipstream. She finally managed to get to Slipstream, but not before her entire crew was slaughtered. She wandered the Slipstream for 13 months until she managed to get back to Triangulum, where she was found by a freighter, and then all memory of the mission was sealed off. Well, sort of, until Harper started messing around in there and broke the seal. Rami makes Becca promise that it won't happen again. She will either be returning with her crew or not at all. Harper starts to get his hands free as Dylan calls him and tells him to start making noise so they can find them. In the labyrinth of caves and tunnels, their calls just echo, making it very difficult for Dylan and Rami to find them. Meanwhile, on the Andromeda, as they are only 10 minutes from Dylan's 3-hour deadline and 9 minutes from the world ship at maximum PSL, they are beginning their attack run. Blood Mist now takes Rev Bim to a large central cavern where the Abyss manifests himself on top of a large column. Rev says he feels the love behind the hatred, falls to his knees and says he is humbled and has so much to learn. Life is suffering and chaos, but the Abyss offers harmony, transcendence, and death. Rev tells Blood Mist he wants to go back to his friends to offer them transcendence. In this context, that doesn't sound as good as it should. He leads Rev to Harper and Tear. Becca launches the Nova Bomb into the center of the sun, and the Abyss absorbs most of the energy. The world ship is damaged, but not destroyed, leaving Dylan, Rami, Harper, Tear, and Rev alive. Rev seems like he's about to eat Tear, then suddenly turns on Blood Mist, killing him. They meet back up with Dylan and Rami and head back to the Maru. When they reach the Maru, the Abyss appears and throws a couple fireballs at them, misses, and then disappears. They get away in the Maru and meet back up with Andromeda and get away in Slipstream. Harper wakes in medical to find out that they were unable to remove the Magog larva, but he is given medicine that will keep them dormant, at least for a while. Back on command, Rami shows them that the world ship has already begun to fuse hydrogen to create a new sun and will be operational again in two to three years, and then they are all in big, big trouble unless all the known world unite and work together for a common good. Sort of like a new commonwealth. The end. Excellent job, Ryan. Thank you. Yeah, nice little rundown there. This really was, uh, I mean, we had the, such, an, such a climactic finish to the last season. Now we're starting into this second season. Uh, the first few minutes a bit tense. Dylan appears to be very much incapacitated. Mm-hmm. Not quite dead. Just mostly dead. <laughs> There's a difference. Yeah. <laughs> very good. Uh, they didn't have a pill to feed him. <laughs> a large chocolate-covered pill. Oh, well. Uh, but, yeah, uh, uh, Becca, it, I thought it was kind of funny, because Becca's moving around, checking him, you know, everything. She. Uh, all right, here's what I'm coming down to. The tail pull. Mm-hmm. The tail pull. Uh, this is this is a trope that they're kind of falling back on now, <laughs> and it's quite funny because you know it, apparently Trance's tail is very sensitive. Mm-hmm. It's been stepped on, <laughs> it's been pulled, mm-hmm. and has revived her back to life. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm curious to see where else they go with this tail. I don't know. I kind of wonder if she was just faking the whole time. You think so? Oh, well, I don't know so, but it's possible. I, I, I thought it was interesting how, you know, Becca's got blood all over her. Mm-hmm. Dylan's got blood all over him. Mm-hmm. Trance doesn't... I, I, I have a theory that she is completely impervious. 
Maybe she doesn't have blood. Maybe not. Well, that wouldn't that be interesting? Mm-hmm. Okay, we'll come back to that later. Yeah, but I, I just thought the tail pull was pretty interesting. I'd forgotten about that. You mentioned it in the rundown, and, I, and, and that came to my mind as something significant that I wanted to just bring up, just as an observation. You know, I think we learned something from Rev Bim's encounter with the other Magog down on the world ship. What was that? Well, it's something that um, my family, you know, we're we're Italian, and it's something that that it has always been impressed upon me. But this this is something that really reinforces that is when you go to someone's house, it is rude to not eat the food that they offer you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. This is true. Many will take that as an insult, and it appears that the Magog do. So Rev really should have just, just a quick bite and then move on. Yeah. That's really what he should have done. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, you know. It's never just a quick bite, though. It's, you know, <laughs> here's your first course. Here's a glass of wine. Eat, eat, you know. Uh, your family's Italian? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah they, well, obviously. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I, I know what you're saying. He should have just sat down for a few minutes. Exactly. You know? Yeah. And it would have... It wasn't as if he knew where he was going. (laughs) You know? Take a break. (laughs) You know? Take a few minutes. You know, if nothing else, you can build some trust with him. And and ask directions. Hey, by the way, you guys, I was looking for the dungeon... I, I left some guys there, and then I got all turned around. I haven't been in this planet in a while. I've been kind of at the back of the ship, and kind of forgot my way around here. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Uh, uh, Rami, I have a question. All right, so we li- we, we last see her impaled um, in in the hallway of Andromeda, and I'm talking about the the Avatar. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's got a, she pulls the the spike or whatever the spear out of her torso, and obviously is wrecked down there. We got lights glowing and wires hanging out and, you know, her her suit's been ruined and everything. But then when we see her go on to the ship, the world ship with Dylan, uh, my thought is she's been repaired. Mm -hmm. Okay. Because she was whining. You had some servo noise. She fought off a few more Magog in the hallway with all that servo noise and whining and all the her basically her guts hanging out. But when she gets to the world ship, she's fixed. I, I'm assuming she's fixed. I didn't mm-hmm. see any bulges around in, in the in the the costume that would indicate that you know there was still damage there. So my question is, who fixed her? Two words. What's that? Nanobot. <laughs> oh, we come back to nanobot nanotechnology again. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Was that specifically mentioned in the show, or are we just making an assumption here? Well, I mean, that's what's been fixing everything the whole first season. <laughs> Biological, so, technological, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter, nano, nanotechnology, mm-hmm. nanobots. Right. It's You're just right. kind of the, it's the, the, the magic fairy dust for anything. It's just, yeah. here's, you know, just throw some nanobots on somebody. So basically, she just shut herself in the vacuum cleaner closet for 15 minutes or so and let them go to work? Yeah, Is probably. Is that how it came down? Okay. Because mm-hmm. we know Harper wasn't there to fix her. Right. So you're right. It had to be nanobots. And if the nanobots really do such a good job, then why do they really need Harbor? This is an excellent question. Hmm. Maybe maybe that's for discussion later. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I'll consider that. Yeah. 
Um, there was uh, actually a couple of guest stars in your trivia that you left out. Oh, really? Who yeah, this? I didn't know if you you caught this or not, or maybe you wanted to talk about it later. Uh, appar- or apparently, I didn't. Okay, so you don't know what I'm. Okay, yeah, you missed a couple of pretty key um, guest stars that made some cameos in this. Mm-hmm. Um, we had Optimus Prime and Bumblebee. Yes, we did. Mm-hmm. Tweedledee and Tweedledum. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's well. That's, I guess that's, that's the proper Rami. Names. Rami calls them that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> no, you're right. Yeah, I did miss the uh, the the. What do they call those again? Uh, some kind of war bots. Yeah, planetary defense robots or whatever they were. Yeah. It was funny too because when they revealed them, when was the last time we saw these things on screen? When when was the last time? Yeah, it was the pilot. We didn't see them for the rest of season one. They showed up in the pilot episode, and then we did not see them again for 21 episodes. So when they roll, when Rami rolls them out of the the hangar and they start blowing up the Magog dropships, Trance says, oh, I forgot about those. And I'm like, yeah, so did I. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, because I actually didn't even remember that from the pilot episode. Yeah. You telling me this right now. Is is and I still don't remember. I'm just taking your word for it. I, I can't remember who it was that actually stumbled upon, across them. I think I think I want to say it was Harper and Trance, but I think I'm wrong. It could have been Becca. It could have been Tear. It could have been any of them mm-hmm. as they were wandering around the ship. But yeah, because the door opens, you see them on on camera there, and and they make the comment, "Whoa!" You know, it was oh, okay. it was significant. So we didn't see them in action, right? But we saw them in repose, sitting in the hangar. Okay. But yeah, when she says that, oh, I forgot about those. Yeah, I had that same exact reaction you just had. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I forgot about them too. <laughs> <laughs> but glad they had them. Yeah. Yeah, roll those bad boys out. Because you know that the internal defense system's not going to hit anything anyway. Right. And it's still <laughs> at least another hour before it comes back up. <laughs> Anyhow. So, uh, Ryan, apparently, you know, I've heard it said that anger changes your appearance. You appear more ugly when you get angry, mm-hmm. right? Have you heard that? Yeah, discussed before. Now? Yeah, uh, that really takes its toll on Rev, doesn't it? You know what? I guess you're right. <laughs> mm-hmm. This is this is kind of the the elephant in the room, I guess. Did you notice? I I think he's changed from season one to season two. He he does look a little bit different. He's had some alteration. Mm-hmm. Had a little plastic surgery done. <laughs> yeah. And Literally it, plastic surgery, <laughs> I think. It's kind of hard to, to, to know when he had the time from going between the Andromeda down to the world ship. Yeah. Where, yeah. Um, maybe space had an effect on him. Maybe. Because did he ride down in... What did he ride down in? I'm not really sure. <laughs> maybe he... Did he hitch a ride with blood mist? Ooh, but blood mist didn't, uh, no. didn't act like he knew he was yeah, there. Yeah, that's, that's no good. Nope. Hmm. Nope, can't be that. He didn't go on the Maru. Nope, Maru's still in the hangar. Yeah, he was already there before Rami and Dylan left. Yeah. Um, so there's maybe, the big question. Well, the Andromeda has slip fighters. All kinds of slip fighters. Hundreds of slip fighters. True. So maybe he knows how to fly a slip fighter. Or maybe he just slipped onto another... Magog drop ship before it took off. Wait, they're still attached to the ship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Could he free fall? I don't, I don't know. Uh, I don't really know a lot about any Magog case, physics. In any case. They can walk up and down columns. Apparently. You know? yeah, yeah, it's just... That's mind It kind of defies 
physics. Mm-hmm. So yeah. who knows? Who knows what they can do? The the thing is, though, when he gets to the world ship, his face is different. <laughs> <laughs> and this is what we're getting at, people. Yeah, essentially. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I debated on whether to bring it up in the trivia or not, but here here we have it. Um, Britt State, the actor that plays Brev Bim, uh, by this point, it's become very apparent that he has problems with the suit. He's had allergic reactions to the suit. Um we had a contact from one of the producers of the show, uh, Ethley Ann Ver, and she got in contact with us. And, and, and we thank her very much for, for sending us the emails that she has. It's, she's been great. Uh, and she did want to let me know that it is pronounced Ver and like hair and not Var, mm-hmm. as I had mistakenly <laughs> said on uh, several episodes, actually, in season one. Yeah. We screwed that up <laughs> we, all season one. Yeah. So our, apologi- our yeah. apologies to uh, Ethley Ann Ver for mispronouncing her name. I hate mispronounce when people mispronounce my name, so I understand where she's coming from mm-hmm. completely. In any case, she let us know that uh, we had mentioned that Rev Bim had been missing from a few episodes. And the, the reason why that had been the case is because of the reaction that his body was having to the suit. And, and so for some episodes, he just he couldn't get into it. And so, at the last minute, changes were made, and he just did not appear in those episodes. So, my assumption here, and we haven't gotten confirmation, but I think we're going to get a chance to to discuss that in a little more detail in a future episode uh, with someone that does know. But my speculation is they had to go ahead and change the suit to try and find something that he could work with. And so, maybe that's why we got the 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 alteration that we see that's taking place in his suit, in his mask, uh, for this episode. But I, I don't know. You got to think that's that's just going to be about the the costume composition and the makeup used and the and the furry suit itself. Yeah. I mean, why do you have to, to change the way the actual look yeah. of his face? I don't. Is? I don't know for sure. I'm, I'm just spitballing here. Yeah. And, but I'm, but what I'm saying is, I think we're going to get an answer to this. I think we are. We will get a, in the future a hard and fast answer. But that's my speculation for yeah. now. Well, I mean, it's not like it's not without precedent. I mean, they definitely changed the look of characters in other sci-fi franchise. Yeah, yeah, this is true. This is true. Anyway, I didn't want to dwell too long on that. Let's because mm-hmm. let, we can come back to that at a, in a future discussion. Uh, any other observations you got? So they needed to go at one point. They needed to go maximum PSL. Okay. I'm wondering what exactly is maximum PSL? Is well, that, it is it a hundred PSL? Well, so if you're going a hundred PSL, you're going light speed, right? Mm. That doesn't seem quite possible, does it? Not really, no. Huh? <laughs> so uh, it, it would have to be what ninety nine point nine 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 forever. You would never get there. Infinity, yeah. Infinity symbol, <clears throat> yeah. Oh, that's an interesting point. Uh, unless we're taking that too literally, maybe they're just saying maximum of what the ship that can the do. limb could, that the Andromeda can go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. That has to be it. Maybe. So, what is max PSL for a glorious heritage class? I would be sorely disappointed if it's not ninety nine point nine 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 nine. Eventually, it could get there. Mm-hmm. Okay, but in the in the short term, in a short run, what eighty percent? That sounds good. You know, yeah, that's a pretty good clip. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, Harper and Tear. 
It's it, nice to see they're back to their usual selves. Mm, yeah. You know, we got a great glimpse at the end of season one. I, I thought it was great, the interaction between Harper and Tyr. They seem to have a mutual respect for each other. But we come back to this episode, and they're just right back at each other's throats again. <laughs> so I guess it's a good thing things never change sometimes. Well, they were in a tough situation. Yeah, yeah. You know, they were... They were slimed but all, all to the of, wall. Yeah, it, it, that's yeah. I can see where that that's pretty stressful. You mm-hmm. got Magog in your stomach. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, ooh, yeah, mm-hmm. you know. But uh, all of that respect that you've built up for one another, fighting on the ship, and it just goes completely out the window <laughs> once they're in peril. <laughs> uh, can we talk about that slime for a minute? Okay. Okay. First of all, ew, ew. <laughs> um, Agreed. Yeah. So they're they're spraying that slime almost like they're spraying silly string. Yeah. Just coming out of their mouth area. It's right? there's apparently a second gland or second shoot in there. Yeah. Did you happen to notice if they were holding their arm up to their mouth <laughs> kind of doing the old <laughs> SNL <laughs> trick and off to the side there? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That would yeah. Uh-huh. Um it, it, is that the same stuff that uh, Rev Bim? We've seen him spray at people. I don't spray think in their so. face. It, it, whatever he was spraying was liquid. This was not. This was gelatin. Well, so is so is silly string. Well, yeah, it starts out liquid. <laughs> uh, so we've learned something about the Magog, really. Here, so they have two different substances that they can spray out Apparently of their mouth. So it's kind of like a spider silk. Yeah. Okay. A, a poison and. Uh, what was the stuff you could buy? Is it really a poison or a repellent? <laughs> um, it's it's more like mace. Yeah, that's that's kind of what I'm thinking. Okay. Yeah, no one's ever died from it that I've seen. Right, you're right. Yeah. No, you're you're right. It is more like mace. This stuff is more like you, you, you know the little vending machines where you put a quarter in and you got the little ball with like the the slap the stuff you could slap. <laughs> Yeah, against the right. wall. Usually she has a hand on the yeah, end. Of yeah, it. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what this stuff reminded me okay. of. Okay, in a way. Okay, and it almost looked phosphorescent too. <laughs> <laughs> if they turned all the lights off, I could imagine it glowing, holding their their limbs in place. I honestly believe it would. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. nasty stuff. It doesn't look natural. No, it's something that should not stuff. come out of a body. Yeah, a bi- biological body. Yeah. One last thing I noticed: we got new VR goggles. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Did you see them? I did see them. Yeah, the bridge is wrecked, Mm -hmm. but somehow they got new VR goggles that didn't have wires and stuff all hanging out of them, you know? Huh. I thought that was kind of cool. But, you know, as far as their combat goggles, they still have the same standard Home Depot safety goggles. (laughs) They are ANSI approved. Okay. So, you know. Well, good on them for that. Yeah. They can withstand a a nail coming at them. (laughs) Yeah. So, new VR goggles. So, so cool. Mm-hmm. So, I know that uh, I've, 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 I've got into it a bit, but I know that you have been into this for quite a bit, for quite a while. Astronomy. Okay. You really like gazing at the stars. Yes, I do. And, uh, and I, you know, there were some references made, and I'm wondering if you know about these and if you can shed any light on whether or not they're real or or what you do know about them. We have okay. reference to the M86. Yes. In the Virgo Galactic Cluster. Yes, and actually, yeah, I have actually looked at this with my telescope. Did you see the world ship? Oh, <laughs> uh, if only. No, no, you cannot see the world ship. 
Well, that's good. Yeah, that is true. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't necessarily mean it couldn't be out there right now. Uh. Because that light has not reached us yet. Oh, I always forget about yeah, that. Yeah, because how many, how many light years away did they 66 say? 66 million. Yeah, so 66 million years. About the time from the end of the dinosaurs, or the end of the Cretaceous era, till now. Hmm. Now you go that distance out in the future. That light will finally get to us. Okay. So now here's something else I was kind of wanting to speculate with you. Okay. Uh, in that whole deal, they were talking about uh, when Andromeda got to that system and found that it was pretty much just uh, black holes and dust. Dust and echoes. And, you know, they had already said There's that... There's a Halo reference in there. Okay, I didn't play know. Halo. I didn't know. Sorry, yeah. I missed I it. I just had to drop that in there. <laughs> little Easter egg for you. Um, 66 million light years, so that the light that was coming from that from that system, from that cluster, by the time it reached Earth, which I want to talk about that, too. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It would take 66 million years, so they really didn't know when these stars would go supernova or whatever was happening there. Yeah. Uh, by the time they did get there, everything was gone. Yeah. My question is, since the only thing that was left was the Magog world ship, and we know that it has these point singularity projectors, or as Trance calls them, black hole makers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Did this Magog world ship perhaps destroy this M86 system? That's what exactly what it sounded like to me. That's how I took it. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that... It sounds to me off an awful lot like, what have we learned? So I'm just going to say we're going right into that okay. segment. All right. What have we learned? Well, the world ship kills galaxies. Mm-hmm. Whole systems of galaxies. Mm-hmm. That's what it does. That sounds pretty serious. It's not sounding good for our uh, our heroes. No. And the, the three mm -hmm. galaxies that they inhabit. Mm -hmm. You know, that was what I thought was interesting about this. Is I, I'm sitting here thinking the Andromeda is confined somehow to those three galaxies. That's all they ever talk about. Right. Mm -hmm. But this episode really kind of opens up the universe. Mm -hmm. Literally and, <laughs> you know... In this universe that we're talking about, this here in Andromeda, they're not limited to just those three galaxies. That's just the ones that were influenced by the Commonwealth. Mm -hmm. They could go to any of the galaxies, it sounds like, in the universe. I Wow, that's mm -hmm. pretty wide-ranging. And why would the Vedrans limit their reach to just these three galaxies? Maybe they didn't want to be greedy. Why not? Isn't that what great empires do? They far overreach everything and then eventually What's crumble. What's is, is what else is out there? I mean, maybe that's why the veterans limit it to just the three galaxies. Maybe they don't. Maybe they know what's out there and they're like, okay, we can, we can control this here. This is all we need. We don't need to mess with, you know, whatever baddies are out there further out. Mm -hmm. Maybe they know that there's this world ship is out there and they're just kind of trying to hold this together so that they can make a stand later on when they become when they know they're going to become threatened. Anyway, hmm. it's just a thought. Something else we've learned about. Let's talk about the Spirit of the Abyss. I guess we have a name now, don't we? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we do. We've kind of danced around this for a couple of episodes now yeah. without really an answer. But yeah, right. you're right. Now in this one, we have the name. Mm -hmm. 
wow, this is a, this is an interesting creature or yeah. interesting whatever entity. it is. Entity. There, there it's you go. A, it's, it's, it's out there like a big thing. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it, it was something else we learn about this Spirit of the Abyss. It's responsible for the origin of the Magog. Mm-hmm. Wow. This is different. Yeah. And, he, you know, it's, it's like you, you have these two different sides. You have uh, this Spirit of the Abyss, which appears to be evil. Mm-hmm. Uh, then from Rev Bim's side, you have the divine, which is supposed to be uh, everything's good. Yeah. Everything that's good in the universe. Everything is awesome. Every, yeah. <laughs> and then everything that's evil. Yeah. Um, but then Blood Mist also says to Rev Bim, is not the divine in everything? Yeah. And okay. That kind of threw me off a little bit yeah. because is he trying to say that this spirit of the abyss is somehow, if it's not the divine, is it tied in with the divine? Part of it somehow. Or of the divine that Rev Bim hmm. um, has his faith in. Interesting. I I'm, I'm not, I wasn't really sure exactly what he meant by that. Well, I think we don't have enough pieces of the puzzle. Probably really not. To be able to say yeah. Yeah, probably not. But that's interesting that you brought that up, because that, that totally just blew past me. I didn't think about that. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, Rev Bim, he's able to, uh, he says that he sees through the hate. Yeah. And then all he feels is just love. Okay, I, I have a question about that. Okay. All right, yeah, you're, you're exactly right. Uh, under the hate, he finds, or he feels love mm-hmm. within it. So is... The love, is it expressing its love by granting death to the divine's creation? Is is that what's going on? You know, it, it kind of... Because the whole yeah. conversation after that is, oh, I see. Now mm-hmm. I must spread the transcendence or whatever to mm-hmm. my friends. Right. So that act of get, granting death to them is somehow extending love mm-hmm. is, is how I... Kind of, that's how it kind of pieced together in my mind. Yeah, it sounded very Heaven's Gate to me. <laughs> yes, very much so. Uh, yeah, so this is... It, it, it's evil. It, it's, it's... Well... <laughs> okay. Let's, let's, it let's, certainly seems evil. And yeah. what let's I, not stereotype here. Okay, but. yeah, but I'm, what I'm questioning is what are the motives? Right, right. Because... Um, Blood Mist did not tell Rev Bim that he was going to see the love. He just said, come check this out. Yeah. And he's like, wow, love. Now I understand. Well, okay. And, and Rev Bim's reaction to this, I mm-hmm. don't think is 100% sincere. I think he's feeling these things, but when he, when he, when he goes into that, I am humbled. Yeah. That may be something he was perhaps feeling or starting to, to, I don't know. To me, it just at that point where he's like, I am humbled, and, and now I need to go extend this to my friends, that all felt like Rev Bim maneuvering things so that he could get to them, mm-hmm. so he could rescue them. I don't know how much of it is he had an actual spiritual experience in the presence of the spirit of the abyss. Mm-hmm. Maybe there is a little bit. Maybe he gets some understanding. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the show, he he still he becomes a wayist again. He puts the medallion back on. Okay. So apparently, it didn't 
completely ruin his faith. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's just how it came across to me. Yeah. Well, I think he he definitely saw something and he definitely felt something yeah. that he was not expecting. Right. Uh, I I would agree with that. I believe the shock and the surprise that he displayed. At at feeling love underneath the hate. Yeah. Okay. And and maybe maybe even when he did drop to his knees and talk about he say I am humbled, I am humbled. I I really don't know which way to go with that if he was still very sincere about that, or if there he's starting to put on the act, like you say. Yeah. He was laying it on real thick and trying to, you know, figure out how he can use this to his advantage. Right. I don't know. I honestly don't know which way he was really going with that. Or maybe when, by the time he got back to Harper and Tear, maybe he was far enough away from the abyss. Now he was like, okay... Let's 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 straighten this out. Yeah, I'm not going to kill them. Yeah, yeah, I can't do that. That was wrong of me to even think. Okay, maybe that's a possibility. I don't know. I'm not saying. Yeah, that's, that's the what thing. I we think don't it really is. get the answers yeah. here. Uh, it, it's interesting too. The spirit of the abyss shows up at the end of the episode, throws a fireball at them, acts like it loses control, and then disappears. Harper says, it "Looks like he was having a bad day." <laughs> What was the whole point of that, of him showing up? Is it just to let them know, yeah, I'm pissed at you? I guess. Is that why he shows up? Well, I mean, he kind of, he just ate a Nova bomb. So. Granted. Yeah. That would make anyone a little upset at them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, you know, I, I kind of, I made mention in my summary that he threw two fireballs at them and missed. Yeah. I mean, it's, this thing seems so incredibly powerful mm-hmm. that it could have just Wiped them out. He knows that they're a huge threat. Yes. Just fireball. Boom. Done. Game over. Mm-hmm. No more Andromeda. Yeah. It's over. But he misses, like all bad guys do. <laughs> He's part stormtrooper. I guess so. Maybe that's where the stormtroopers came from. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> that we never see stormtroopers' faces. That's true. They could all be Magog with little beady we, singularity yeah. eyes. We do know that that Magog shoot guns poorly. Yep, like stormtroopers. You're right. Man, it is. All the universes are just coming together. Yeah. They make perfect sense now. I'm telling you what. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, anyway, so yeah, Spirit of the Abyss. Mm-hmm. We got that. Yeah. Anything else about him? He was bigger than I expected. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Bigger than he looked like on in pictures. Yeah. So, yeah. Interesting. <laughs> All right. Uh, the other point that I wanted to hit, what else did we learn about in this episode? The world ship itself. Not only is it massive, but it's impervious to Nova Bomb attacks. Well, maybe not it itself. Mm-hmm. Because it did have the spirit of the abyss to suck it all in, mm-hmm. you know, and everything. And a, a, apparently a lot of Magog died. Mm-hmm. I, I wonder how long it took him. They had to have left the airlocks open for like weeks after this attack because the smell of hair, mm-hmm. burnt hair, it would have taken forever to get that out of there. Yeah. <laughs> well, they're Magog. Maybe they would like it. Yeah, like a barbecue. Maybe. Yeah. And we also kind of answered a question that we had asked in a previous episode. What do these Magog eat? Yes. We speculated. Yes. But we did get confirmation in yeah. this one. 
Yeah, they were definitely eating Magog. Munching on each other. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Well, this one was slow and weak, and it was alone. And it was evidently from a different clan. Um, Probably. They mentioned, yeah, they said, oh, it's not one of ours. Maybe either a clan or a caste system of some kind going on there. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So this ship is uh, now, as as we leave it, fusing hydrogen. To mm-hmm. make another artificial star in its center so it can power itself. And it is on its way into the galaxy that our heroes are in. Mm-hmm. And as we've already discussed, it's already made other galaxies devoid of stars or anything else for that matter. So it's coming. Mm-hmm. And it's going to do the same thing to this to these galaxies. Uh, that sucks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it does. Well, as Dylan said, Magog sucked. He did say that, didn't he? (laughs) He did. Yeah, yeah, that was a line. And then the last thing that we learn, Harper and Tyr are infested. Mm -hmm. Isn't it? Yeah, it is infested. I was going to say infected, but it's not infected. It's infested. Yeah. 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 And we really don't learn, or maybe I just missed it. It just totally went over my head. We don't really learn... That Tyr is infested until the very end. Right, right. Because he's totally acting cool as a cucumber. Yep. Never complains about stomach aches or anything. Yeah. And meanwhile, Harper is just over there, Oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, I got him in me! <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, and you, you can see them visibly crawling around, too. Mm-hmm. And you didn't see that with Tyr. Well, probably Tyr's... Abdominal muscles are too strong for them to, <laughs> yeah, have an they're, influence. They're on crawling it. around in his body cavity, but you can't actually see it. All right, so something about uh, Magog infestation that mm-hmm. we learn. So, uh, Tear was infected. Mm-hmm. Now, in Music of a Distant Drum, we establish that Tear has nanobots in him mm-hmm. that are defensive, right? That that work against any kind of infection. Uh, obviously, they don't have an effect on Magog infestation. Right. So I thought that was interesting that we learned that little detail. Yeah. But his being Nietzschean and his physiology still helped with uh, removing the yeah. Magog larvae from well, his... Well, like I said, he, he survived the process. Mm-hmm. Barely. Right. <laughs> he looked pretty good. He looked pretty spry for yeah. barely, though. Yeah. Know? Oh, well. Well, it's barely by Nietzschean standards. Okay. Okay. Maybe granted. he winced a bit. <laughs> <laughs> that ow, must have ow. yeah and then that was it that must have been embarrassing for him <laughs> yeah <laughs> interesting yeah that's that's probably the case but uh poor harper his worst nightmare has come true it really is his worst nightmare yeah yeah um y- you know and this is going to go on because the the story that we're left with is here take this medicine it's going to keep him at bay for now. In the meantime, we'll see if we can figure out a way to, to get them out. Yeah. By the way, there's never been a way to get them out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So here, take this medicine <laughs> and uh, wait for the inevitable. Mm-hmm. Yeesh. Yeah. This is his worst, worst nightmare. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, it, it's almost, if it had just been in the world ship and they had hatched and he had died. Yeah, he didn't know it was coming. He could have cried, screamed, but it would have been over fairly quickly. Now he's got weeks, months possibly even, to just sit and contemplate what's happening. This is going to be interesting to watch over the however many episodes this happens over the 
here in season two. Mm -hmm. But he's still alive. And as we know, where there's life, there's hope. Yes, exactly. So you keep him alive another day. And then, you know, maybe there's something going to happen the day after that. Yeah. Yeah. Going to change everything. All right. And the last little bit that I had for for what have we learned, um, now the Commonwealth is, how did Dylan put it? It's it's a necessity. It's a necessity. I have the, uh, I actually wrote down that quote. It says, a renewed Commonwealth, before it was a dream, now it's a necessity. Yeah. Yeah. So I think we're going to see a little more focus here in the second season. Mm -hmm. To uh, getting to that 50, 50 worlds. Yeah, and spreading the word about this world ship coming. You yeah, know, but, maybe that'll be a little more incentive to get people on board. No doubt. Because they had how long did they establish before it would arrive? Another Two what, to three years. Two to three years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So At the most, Rami says. So they need to get cracking. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I did have one more thing. Rami says to Dylan, if we don't make it. Okay. Yeah. I just want you to know, and he's not hearing it. Yeah, he cuts her off. Yeah. Um, what What did he cut off? Well, I, you know, we had that little bit at the very beginning of the season, of season one. Um, they, they really went away from it for most of the season, but definitely there was, there was some sort of, of a romantic attraction. Whether Dylan actually shared that with her, we really don't know. We're not really given any reason to believe that he did. Right. But it definitely seemed like she did. Yeah. Um, and not to make light of it, but the th- when she said that, and Dylan was like, no, 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 shush. The, the, the scene that instantly came to my mind was from Seinfeld <laughs> in the finale when they're going down in the plane... And Elaine says to Jerry, I just want you to know that I... And then the plane levels out. <laughs> what was yes. that? Nothing. Nothing. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it, it kind of made me laugh a little bit because it made me think of that. But but it, it also... It just brings all of this back. We thought it was over. Yeah. It seemed like I, they I were totally going it. away from it. Yeah. You know? Gabriel kind of yeah. you know, shook her out of it a little bit, it seemed like. Um, it appears, it appears not. not. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, I just thought that was kind of a, an important character thing that should be brought out. Absolutely. It definitely seems like Rami still got the hots for Dylan and she was ready to bear it all when it seemed like. When it was all coming down on the line. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And you're absolutely right. The way Dylan responded to that was, whoa, 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 whoa. Mm -hmm. No, Mm -hmm. no, 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 no. (laughs) And I, I, don't, I don't need to hear this from you. I don't, you know, Becca, no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Rami, no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I got to be captain here. It, it, that's what it kind of felt like to me, it, just putting the kibosh on it the way he did. I mean, he was not wanting to go down that, down that road at all. Right. So, Whether he knew what she was going to say or not. That was going to be my next question, okay. is does he know how she feels? Yeah, I know. It's, is he that? Unobservant. Yeah. Or is it just the fact that she said, if we don't make it out of this, and he's just, that right there just shuts him off. Don't talk don't, about death. Yeah, we yeah. are, yeah, we're getting out of this. Yeah. There's nothing that you need to say if we don't get out of right. this, because we are. 
Yeah, because in his mind, it could have been something as simple as, it's been an honor serving with you. Mm-hmm. And, and maybe he just doesn't want that finality. Mm-hmm. You, you almost have to believe that that's what he's thinking. Mm-hmm. Because if it, if he had any, even an inkling of his android uh, avatar wanting to profess her undying love for him, well, it's not so bad. <laughs> I, I could hear it. I could mm-hmm. stand to hear it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Who doesn't want to hear someone say that they love you? Yeah. Exactly. But uh, it just doesn't appear that that was even a thought in his mind. Yeah. Or if it was, and he definitely just does not want to hear it. So we're still standing at, this is all one-sided on Ron, on Ronnie. Quite unrequited, yes. Okay. All right. Well, this is another plot line that we'll get to watch here in season two as it continues to develop, unravel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what, well, we'll see what happens. Yeah, you know, I was just looking at my uh, my notepad here, and I noticed that we we put a pin on Earth. Yes. So it doesn't have to be a big discussion, but I just thought it was interesting that they mentioned. Rami says that uh, this M eighty six gallery galaxy M eighty six is it a galaxy or yeah. a cluster? Or it's is a it galaxy. A, okay, yeah. this M eighty six galaxy was over sixty six million light years away from Earth. Huh. Yeah. What do they care about Earth? <laughs> yeah. No one's they Earth, haven't been to Earth. Earth's just a backwater. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good point. I hadn't thought about that. She should have said sixty six to Tarnvedra. Exactly. Yeah, or something like that. Or however it would have been. Yeah. Know? Yeah. You're right. You're absolutely right. <laughs> Let's see. Okay. Andromeda Galaxy is what, four billion? Two billion. Or two million, sorry. Two two million light years away. Two million light no, no, no. Two. I thought it was two. four. Two hundred million light years away. I'm sorry, it, it is two hundred million light. Oh, years. it's in four billion years that it's going to collide. With. That it'll collide. Right. Okay. That's where I was getting the four billion. Okay. I'm an idiot. Okay. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, it takes four billion years to cover that two hundred million light years. That's right. We're not even going to fact check that. Let's just yeah, roll on. It, it doesn't matter. The point is, why are they checking these distances from Earth still? Because yeah. <laughs> nobody goes there. Nobody cares what happens to Earth. Apparently. No. Anyway. Uh, it's overrun by Nietzsche and the dog. <laughs> Big deal. All right, so Ryan, why don't you lay a quote on us? If we do not live another day, say this over our pyre. They died like high guard lancers with their faces to the fire. In the widening gyre. <laughs> it all rhymes. Girl, we couldn't get much higher. <laughs> Come on, baby. Light my fire. Yep. No, no, no. That is not the Doors. It's actually a regimental hymn of the 13th Imperial Lancers. Ah, okay. Yes. Makes sense. Uh, Commonwealth year 4233. So, in our universe that we are watching right now, this was a long, long time ago. In a, in galaxies far, far away. Yeah. From Earth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> for what it, For what it's worth. <laughs> if it matters to anyone. Well, I mean, it it just really kind of highlights the inevitability of their situation. I mean, they, they do. I mean, Rami feels like they're not going to make it out. She has Becca promise that they either come away from this or they die. And it looks like they're just going to die. Yeah, and I want to say that that's really a very easy promise to keep. It sounds hard at first that either I'm coming back with my crew or not Becca, at all. You think Becca says, ooh, this is such a responsibility on my shoulders. Yeah. It's like, okay, if, the the thing is to, to keep that promise, you have to make one of the two choices. Yeah. 
and to just not come back at all. Kept my promise. <laughs> I didn't let anyone down. Yeah. No, but you're right. Anyway, sorry, I interrupted you about the. Well, I was I was just gonna say it. It, it sets up the episode nicely. Mm-hmm. It's a great saying to set up the episode. the The difficulty of their situation. Uh, they pull through. Thank goodness. You know, we we get to continue to watch them, but uh, it could have been their pyre. The mm-hmm. world ship could have been their pyre, and mm-hmm. they would have they would have died with it. And I think anyone that goes off into battle would like to think that this is their attitude. And specifically, this is High Guard Lancers. These are High Guard. This is Commonwealth. Uh, but but I don't think it's specific to them. No. Uh, you look at someone like Tyr. He is anti-High Guard, you know, in just about every way. But when he goes into battle, this is totally his thinking. It's the same attitude. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to fight to the... I remember exactly he had a whole long list of things. You're going to scratch and claw and and punch and kick and (laughs) bite and spit. And, you know, to the very end. He got very vehement with that, that statement there before they take down... Tiranasazi out of here once again out of Barbos or yeah, out we, of we know who your parents are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, he was very uh very fiery about that. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, I guess I guess it's it's an attitude and just just something that's it's good to see in a fighter in someone who is fighting for a cause. Maybe that cause is just their life. Maybe that cause is to bring down a Magog world ship and the spirit of the abyss. Yeah. So hopefully our Andromeda crew all has this same attitude and hopefully anyone that they can get to join them in the charter from here on out has the same attitude. Hopefully they'll keep that attitude for however long it takes before the world ship is dealt with. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully. Hopefully we don't get sidetracked on other stuff. (laughs) You know, between here and there. Yeah, like things that have nothing to do with the story arc. Yeah. I don't think that'll happen ever. Okay. Cool. All right. So, Ryan, <laughs> let's let's get down to it then. Okay. We, we've watched the episode. We've talked about it. Uh, what were your thoughts? The Widening Gyre. What do you think about it? Well, you know, it's like we started out from the beginning. It's really the conclusion to its hour come around at last. Um, which, as I mentioned in that show, that I loved that episode. And now we get to see how it ends. And and it ended well. Our, our heroes survived. It didn't come to a any sort of finality. Right. You know, we still have this enemy that we started out with is still there, very much in force. A little bit damaged, but definitely not squashed. Right. And and not something that is is so damaged that it's going to just... They don't have to worry about it anymore. Even they come back on the Andromeda knowing this is something that is very, very serious, and we are all very, very afraid. Yeah. Um. And man, it's just, it's a wonderful kickoff to season two. Yeah. You know, it, I had mentioned it a little bit in our last show on our season one wrap up about how throughout season one, we really just have the goal of reestablishing the Commonwealth. 
And then from week to week, there are various foils and just things that kind of get in the way of that. We don't really have any kind of a super villain from week to week that we're having to deal with or anything like that. This all changes now. Now, as 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 was mentioned, now there's a reason for a commonwealth, or a reestablished commonwealth. Now there is a real, legitimate enemy out there of force to be reckoned with. They see it coming, and it's just, it, it kind of gets you, me, it gets me excited about what is to come from now. Because you, you figure that, Okay, you know, they got a lot of shows. They got a lot of episodes to fill. They can't directly have this involved every single time. Um, but it definitely feels like something that's that's going to be involved throughout. Yeah. And maybe even something that's going to be touched on, even in episodes that aren't directly related to this. It's yeah. going to be a, a topic. It's going to be something that's involved uh, throughout until they take care of this. So, do I like it? Yes. Very much so. Okay. Yeah. Cool. I, too, uh, very much enjoyed this episode for the same reasons that you just mentioned. So, I'll keep mine short. Uh, yeah. It's it's the continuation of season one, and we get the wrap-up to the cliffhanger from season one. Mm-hmm. And that was great. Uh, now we have a focus. Now we have more of an impetus for setting up this new commonwealth. And that's great. So, uh yeah, that's awesome. We have this overarching danger that's out there. And like you said, it's going to be dealt with at some point. But that's for a future time. In the meantime, though, now we have, well, you know, all our characters are they're banged up. They're beat up. Uh, there's obviously some repairs that are going to have to happen for Andromeda because it, it took a beating mm-hmm. uh, throughout these two episodes. And, and, and over under or not over, but under all of that, now we have Harper uh, in in real peril. Yeah, you know he's got that hanging over his head now. So yeah, setting up this this second season, ultimately, yeah, the world ship's going to have to be dealt with, but we know that's going to be a ways out. But one of our characters is in serious danger. Uh, something's got to be done about that, and so I want to see how that mm-hmm. that plays out. So, yeah, I thought that as far as, as setting up uh, for this second season of Andromeda, this set it up perfectly. Uh, and, and, you know, Dylan has more focus, more drive to get his goal accomplished. And then we have a crew that is really kind of solidified behind him. And then Harper's got his worst nightmare that he's <laughs> going to have to come to terms with. So, yeah, this is a great setup. And I'm uh, really looking forward to seeing how this impacts subsequent episodes in these next few weeks. Hmm. So, yeah, that was The Widening Gyre. It sure was. Ethan, if somebody uh, wanted to get a hold of us and let us know their thoughts on this show or any other show that we've done or will be doing in the future, how could they get a hold of us? Well, they can send us an email, and we'd certainly appreciate hearing from you. Uh, Your thoughts on the show, uh, suggestions on the show, uh, whatever it may be, just let us know. And you can reach us, uh, Drive Back the Night, podcast at gmail.com and we're also on the social media we are at andromeda pod on twitter follow us there and uh keep up to date with us and what we're doing and we're also we are also on facebook 
I have neglected that <laughs> quite a bit for some time. I, I think episode 13 was the last update that the uh, Facebook page Yeah, got. I have not. I'll, I'll try to do to better that. at that. Yeah, uh, you got on there, I think, this, this last week and, yeah. and did some, some work on there. So, yeah. All right. That lit a fire under me. I'll go ahead and get back on the Facebook. We are on Facebook. We are uh, facebook.com slash AndromedaPod. Yeah. And we're on Podbean. That's where you can find us, uh, download all of our shows. We're www.andromedaseries.bot. Bot? Not bots. Not bots. No, we don't want bots. Andromedaseries.podbean.com. And we're on iTunes. You can find us there uh, and at Drive Back the Night Podcast. And if you find us there, subscribe uh, and leave us a review. Leave us some stars. That helps us get uh, higher up in, in the search engine. Uh, there on iTunes so that people can find our podcast. So if you're listening to us through iTunes, just please, just take a second and, and, and think about whether or not you enjoy our show and you want to help others to enjoy it. Leave us a review. We yeah. really appreciate that. We would. And we're, we're, we don't want to come off sounding like we're begging, but please, 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 please. <laughs> Uh, thank you to Tim Kimmerly who gave us his voice for the opening quote this week, and also thank you to me who gave us the voiceover for the uh, the beginning for that awful, yeah. awful introduction. I don't. We know. didn't even I, talk I, about the change. We'll get that into the next episode. Okay. All right. Um, I thought it sounded pretty good, but. <laughs> We are an Age of Geek production, www.ageofgeek.com. Check them out. Listen to them. Those guys, they do a pretty good job over there, too. And it's about time for us to go, Ethan. I think we've uh, stayed long enough. But when you need to get somewhere, you need to get out of somewhere, what is it good to always have? Are you talking militaristically? Yes. Oh, exit strategy. Exit strategies, you're right. We'll talk about that next week. No, I don't like that.